Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. For the Father himself loveth you. Boy, I stuck Bill's name in that scripture. You know him? For the Father himself loveth Bill. John 16, 27. Put your name in that scripture. And say it until it comes out your ears. Because everything that you'll ever discuss in the Word of God is based on this principle that God the Father loves you. Amen? With absolute love. I, best, we, I, I guess we better get back to Mark 4 just for a moment. Okay? Just for a moment. And what we're going to have to do is get a change in series, but not change the message. Because I didn't know there was all this meat inside this little parable here. Did you? It is just so power-packed. It's just like a springboard. You just, you know, you jump off. You just get in the, the endless boundaries of the mercies of God. It's found right here. And you just start right there and you just, just seem to want to stop. But we have gotten to the fruit of love. And the, as far as we got in this parable as of right now is, is verse... Let's take a look at verse uh, 17. And have no root in themselves. And we said that the root is that we are to be rooted and grounded in what? And we said that's according to Ephesians 3.17. Being rooted and grounded in love. And the guy who has the right heart is going to have to be the guy whose heart is grounded in the love of God. We said that love was three ways. God's love for you. Your love for God and your love one for another. But it starts from the throne of God. It starts from the Father heart of God itself, Himself, through to us, from us back to Him. And then when we're like that, it's just, it's just like, matter of fact, Jesus said in John 15, we may look at it, I don't know, depending on which way the Lord leads us. But John 15, He said, uh, As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now He was copying His Father, He was imitating His Father's love. He says, as the Father loved me, I saw what he did, so I just did the same thing to you. But remember one thing. He said, I pleased the Father. I came to do his perfect will, and I did his will. And because of it, I was pleasing in the sight of my Father God. So the Father's love for him, his love for the Father, because he says, I kept my Father's commandments. Consequently, when God the Father loved him that much, and he loved God the Father that much, he was lost in the love of God. And when he was lost in the love of God, it was no longer Jesus loving us, but it was the Father loving us through Jesus. And when you find out how to operate in the love of God, it's not going to be you loving your brother or sister. It's going to be God the Father loving your brother or sister through you. Isn't that right? I saw him thinking about it. I said, Lord, I love my brother and sister, but what can I do to meet their need? He said, let me live through you and I'll meet their need. Isn't that right? So I said, glory to God, that's simple. Just be a channel, just be an open vessel, a vessel in honor, and let the love of God the Father just flow through me, and it becomes a channel of His love to you. 
and all his blessings and, all, and, and anything that you need, have need of. And I'll tell you what, those that are grow, growing up in the Lord, that have grown more than others, that's what he's talking about is we should carry the burden of the other. We should be ready and willing to be a vessel to get into prayer and inter, in intercession or whatever it's going to take. No matter what it takes for our brother and for our sister so we could be the channel to get their blessing to them. If they have not developed and grown up spiritually enough to, to maintain whatever it is that they need or to obtain it from God, then we could be that channel whereby God can use us to get it to them. And we are to be rooted and grounded in the fact that God loves us with an endless love. And here's why. Now we're going to get off this for a minute. We may never get back to it today. I don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll try. Galatians 5. I just want to keep tying this in because this is what it's all stemming from. I don't want you to miss it because we're going to get into the next one, and that's joy and patience. And look out. Joy and patience because you've got to overcome. The, the first one we're talking about is the love is for the person who received the word by the wayside, right? He had no root. He wasn't rooted and grounded in God's love for him. So when, the, so when everything came up against him, Satan just immediately got the word right out of his heart because he didn't realize God the Father loved him that much. Well, then the next one we said affliction and persecution comes along, but what do you have to have in order to get rid of affliction and persecution to overcome it? Joy and patience. Right? And these are spiritual forces on the inside of man, of our recreated human spirit, that we could get rid of affliction and persecution when it comes our way. We could rise above it. Let's put it that way. As long as you're in the world, you're going to have it come towards you. But blessed be God when the joy of the Lord and when the love of God rises up above affliction and persecution... Affliction and persecution no longer is a mountain, but it's just a little molehill. And the love of God is what becomes the mountain. And the joy and the patience inside of us is greater than all the forces that he could bring against us. Amen? And you know, the devil, he's so dumb, he's been doing it all the same way all these years. He just doesn't have another way. There's no other way for him to, to come against you and destroy you other than get the word of God out of your heart. And he has no other way to do that. You know why? Because according to 1 Corinthians, the, the God our Father limited him to this realm and he cannot tempt you above anything that's common to man. He can't go in his bag of tricks in the supernatural world and, and get you. He has got to come into this realm and meet you where you live. But blessed be God, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he's in us. The devil's on the outside, but glory to God, he's in us. Galatians 5, 6. Now, when I say these things, write them down if it speaks to your heart. There's a lot of people that say, if I just had more faith, I could be healed. If I just had more faith, I could get this. Or if I just had more faith, I could do that. It's not more faith that you need. I, I, I described it to you once like this, if many of you may not have been here. If you have a six-inch ruler... And let's say someone else's faith is, is developed to a yardstick. But you both started out with the measure of faith. If you take your yardstick and measure the length of this building, and this little fellow next to you just takes that little six-inch ruler and measures the same length of this building, you may get there first, but the results at the end are the same. And I don't care if your faith is only six inches long right now. I'll tell you what, you use it, you'll get the same results at the end of the building. You will. See, it's not that you need more faith. Just use what you got. Right? Just use the faith that you have. Over here in Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. The word worketh there in the Greek is translated, or which works in love. Or faith which is energized by love. 
The word there for love is agape. Okay, it's not that people are missing it in the area of faith. I believe people know how faith works. You believe in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. It's walking in the realm of God's love. That faith works in love or faith is energized by love. In other words, love is the motivating force behind your faith. In other words, what motivated God to give His Son? For God so loved the world that He gave. Right? And really, the, the, the reason why we have to say that love, in essence, is, is the greatest is because God is love, but God has faith. God has faith, right? But God doesn't have love. God is love. So God is love and God has faith. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, just for a minute. God is love. That's who God is. And your faith works by or is energized by this divine love. It is the motivating force. I've heard a lot of people say, I want to get healed to show brother or sister so-and-so God. See, that's wrong attitude. Or just think if so-and-so got saved, wouldn't that be a, a, a shining light for everybody here to see? Well, of course it would be, but that's the wrong motive behind your wanting brother so-and-so to get saved. You should want brother so-and-so to get saved because Jesus died for him. You're getting your eyes off Jesus when you do that. You should want to be healed because Jesus bore his, the stripes upon his back for you, not because somebody else could see it. That's a wrong motive. See, that's not love. Your love for the stripes that were placed on his back should make you want to say, I'll die first. Then to not believe God. And you know, sometimes it takes, takes that, this quality decision in your life to say, I'll die first. Great men of God had made that statement. Smith Wigglesworth said, I've got the, I, what I'm going to do is, him and his wife both said the same thing, we will never see a doctor. They made that quality decision. We will never see a doctor. He said, I'll die first. His appendix burst. Right after he made the statement. Not shortly after. And you couldn't tell this man of God that there was demons inside a Christian's body. He, he just didn't believe that. Well, it burst. It was bad. The only reason why his wife called the doctor so that they could fill out the affidavit signing for his death. Because when he came, he knew it was too, it was too far gone. They didn't have the what medical science we have today and what the doctor came and says there's nothing I could do for him he says I could operate and he'll die without, with less pain but he said uh, there's nothing I can do he can't live and so he left and this I think 80 some year old lady down the street she believed everything that, that moved and, had, and anything that hurt it was from the devil if it wasn't good it was from the devil and she believed it was an evil spirit involved and she came over with this 14-year-old boy, and she just got down on her knees next to Smith Wigglesworth. And before he could say, Sister, I don't believe that there's a devil in me, the little the boy jumped on top, on top of his body, got his fist, and rammed it right down into his side there, and said, You come out of him in Jesus' name. In 15 minutes, he jumped up and went to work. Just like that. And you know, he says that never failed in his ministry. Had a great healing ministry. He says, everywhere I went, somebody had an attack of appendicitis. He says, I just got on top of him and put my fist inside their side. He said, and I said, you come out of him in Jesus' name. He says, in 15 minutes, he was all up and back to work. Just like that. If it works, do it. Glory to God. Amen. Right? So, well, where are we at now? But you see, that's how God works. That's how God works. God is love. God is a faith God, but God is love. 1 Corinthians 13, that's where we're at. 
Let's take a look at the first... Well, let's take a look at the first three verses now. We'll get back to the rest of it later. Though I speak with the tongues, with tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. That word have there it means to hold on or to cling to. In other words, because I'm not holding on to or clinging to. If you're born again, that's really, we could say that's a little bit wrong there because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So I says, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. There has to be something wrong here. What do you mean, I have not love? If I'm born again, I have love. And it says in the Greek, hold on to or cling to that love. Remember, Jesus made a statement over there in Revelation writing to the church. It says, you left your first love. You've lost that first love. They weren't clinging on to the, the very basis for their, the, for their faith. The foundation for their faith was the fact that God loved them. You want to give your faith a big boost in the arm? You want to get it from that 6-inch ruler to a 36-inch you know, yardstick? If you want to get that faith of yours built up just like that, you start saying this every day. The God and the Father that created this universe, He is my Heavenly Father, and He loves me with an absolute love that has no darkness in it at all. And anything I want, need, or desire, He's willing to do it for me. Look out. And all I've got to do is go to the throne of grace and find mercy, because His mercy endureth forever. That's it. And then you're going to start to find out where God is at, who God is. Our God is a faith God. But he's saying here, if you're not clinging to love, I don't care how much faith you've got to, to move mountains. Faith worketh by love. And a lot of people's faith are not working because they've not made the quality decision to walk and manifest the love of God. Now let me say this. When you, you, faith is substance. Faith is the substance. It's a spiritual force. But faith is the substance of what? Things you hope for. But faith in the supernatural world is substance. We're not talking about walking in a substance. We walk by faith, but we walk in love. You know why? Because God is not a substance. God is a spirit being. God is a person. Love is a person. Love is not substance. It is a person. When you walk in love, you walk in God. You are absolutely walking in love. God. And if anybody had any sense, they'd want to find out what it was to walk in. And if you didn't want to walk in God's love, there's something wrong. Man has been, in the new, new birth, in the recreated human spirit, he has the capacity to walk in the very life and nature of the Almighty God that created the universe and everything that's in this world. And that love has been shed upon in our hearts so that we can walk in it. That should be the greatest desire of any born-again Christian, is to walk in the love of God. When you're walking in the love of God, you are walking in God, and God is walking in you, and they can't, the devil cannot tell you apart from God. When he walks around that corner, and you've got on that love, you've got, you got your faith armor on, and you're undergirded by that love, and you walk around that corner, and he meets you on that corner, he goes, uh-oh, look out, God's coming. And the devil has to flee. He has no armor, no defense. 1 John 5 says that you're, you're born of God. You're, if you're born of God, you're going to keep yourself. Where are you going to keep yourself? In love of God. We'll get to that later. You're going to keep yourself in love of God, and the wicked one does what? Toucheth you not. Why? Because he can't touch God. 
And if I'm walking in love, I'm walking in God. He can't touch me. See, there's a covering there. There's a veil there. Well, and let's look at the last, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not or cling not or hold not on the charity, it doesn't profit me anything. Love is the very presence of God Himself. Walking in that love is walking in the very presence of the Almighty God. And if you're not, I don't care if you burn your body. Some people are trying to get to, to walk in this love by, by good works. You're not going to get there by good works. The Bible says God and His Word are one. Walking in love is walking in God. Walking in God is walking in His Word. See? We thought, well, what we don't do and what we do do. Let me say this to you. It's not what you don't do, but it's what you do. Some of you didn't get saved because of what you didn't do. You got saved because of what you did. It's not what you take off, it's what you put on. You, you didn't uh, get sanctified by taking something off. You're getting sanctified by putting something on. If you, can, if you read right through the epistles, you'll find out that Paul said... Put off these, and by how? Putting on these. When you put on this, love, joy, peace, when you put these things on, the other things have to leave. Can you see how that works? We are putting on and taking off. Putting on. It's only when the person puts on the things of the recreated human spirit and allows those things to live through him does his life become thoroughly sanctified. But we beat the church over the head and told them what they weren't doing. Can't do it. We're not doing it. So we must be able. Must not. You know. Excuse me. Must not be able to do it. Hallelujah. And so before you know it, everybody said everybody was just sitting there. Their spirit man was being starved. They weren't getting any food. All they saw was themselves. They saw what they could have, but they didn't know how to get it. And before too long, people started to get hungry. And those that really were hungry for the deep things of God, they began to search the Scriptures. They began to find out the word, what the Word of God really said. And they began to dig deep into the Word of God like Jesus said. And before you know it, we had mighty men of God that were unashamed and they would not compromise the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they began to walk in it. And they wrote it in books and left it for you and for me. And now you and I have the same in this day and age. As a matter of fact, we got it better than what they had it. We've got it far greater. Some of these men of old that, that had to fight their way, even with the church. Not with the devil, the devil being up, but they had to fight against the church to get the truth of God's Word out to His people because the devil had the church with religious spirits binding them all up in every, every way you could imagine. Especially in the Word of God. Part of the church, most of the church was listening to the doctrine of devils instead of the, the Word of God. But praise God, God's Word got through because of some faithful men. And praise God, we've got more of that Word today that's ever been throughout the earth. We live in a fantastic age right now. An age when the Word of God is going forth uncompromised, unadulterated. The Word of truth is just floating throughout all the earth today. And we're right in the cradle of it. Amen? Praise God. Well, now, we're told, if you'll scoot over to 1 John... For you know, I've been studying this and meditating in this, 
And the more I see in this, the more your head is just going to start to just spin. You know why? It's true what Paul said. The love of God passes understanding. And I just start to put these scriptures together and I start saying, actually what God is really trying to get across to you and me is that we are in this earth as he is in heaven. And if we'll walk in the fullness of what he's talking about in this New Testament, it's just as though Jesus Christ were here again. Through you and through me. It's just as though God the Father just got off his throne and came down to live inside a man just like he did when Jesus was on this earth. That's what it's talking about. 1 John 4, let's look at verse 16. Just for a minute. He said, We have known and believed that the love that God had to us, God is love. Now circle that. God is love. Not God has love, but God is agape. He's divine. God is And when you when you quote that, I want you to start to realize some of these things. Let's just stop for a minute by saying God is love, God is light, God is life. God is love, God is light. These are absolutes. There is no death in absolute life. Okay? There, There is no hatred in absolute love. It can't be there. Can you see that? There is no darkness in absolute light. It's impossible. There cannot be darkness there. Anything that comes from that outside world, from the other forest, has got to be from the devil. Everything from love, light, and life comes from God. God doesn't have it within himself to give to you, his child, something that's evil. Did you know cancer is evil? God would never give it to you. First of all, he can't give it to you. He won't give it to you. He is absolute light, life, and love. He just doesn't do that. He doesn't give that to his people. And he won't do that. God is love. Now look at this. He that dwelleth in love. Dwelleth in God. He that lives his life in love is living in God and God is living in him. Or he that's walking in love is walking in God and God is walking in him. Now remember over there in 2 Corinthians 6.16 when he said, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For as God had said, I will walk in them and I will dwell in them. And they sh- I shall be their God. They shall be my people. I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. When you're walking and dwelling in God, in love rather, you are walking and dwelling in God and God is walking and dwelling in you. You become so lost one in another that you cannot tell the difference between who's God and, and who's you. Now don't look at me like that. You say, oh, you mean I could be like... Listen, I didn't write the Bible. He said when you dwell in God at that time, God is in you. When we have God in our spirits, God in our souls, and God in our bodies, when we've got God manifested through our entire being, there's no difference between Him. The Bible says we are changed day by day from glory to glory to the very image of the person of God while we're here on this earth. Day by day. And it was was predestinated that we should be conformed to the very image of His Son, who was the very image of the living God, the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person. Amen? And we're being changed day by day as long as you are dwelling in love. I'll tell you what, that should turn you loose to find out what what love is and how to walk in that absolute love of God. Right? Amen. 
I want to, I'm go, I, I'll tell you what. I have purpose in my heart to walk that way. You can do anything you want to do, but I am going to walk in the love of God. It is so beneficial, not only to me, but to you. That's right. And to God our Father. That's what He wants from us. He wants us to be the very image. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High abideth under the shadow of the Almighty. He's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You are dwelling in the very reflected image of the love of God. You, it has become a shield to you. You remember over there in 1 Peter 4, 8 when it talks about the uh, love of God or charity covereth the multitude of sins. Charity. That's the same love. Well, I had to look that word up there, cover. Actually, it has more of a meaning than just cover. It's like a veil to it, or it's a preventive measure. It prevents. See, someone thought, well, if you, you know, just love somebody, it's just going to cover up all the sinning that he does. No, no. The love of God is a shield around you to prevent the sin in your life. It prevents the multitude. Well, we're going off into it. I've got to get. Go to First Peter. For you're in First John. You're close by. Just neighbor. Four eight. You ready to get hot heated? Are you ready? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hot heated in your love one for another. Look at First Peter four eight. Okay. And above all things, have fervent, hot-heated, white-heated charity, divine agape love, among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude or prevent the multitude of sins. When you are walking in the divine love of God, sin could come at you in every way. But blessed be God, it's just gonna have, it has a veil to get through and it can't get through the veil of God's love. Now go back to Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Don't you get upset when I show you this now. You walk in love. Proverbs 10. Verse 12. Someone says, I, never, I don't walk in hatred. I don't have any hate in me. Well, take a look at this scripture. You ever get in strife? Verse 12, Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirreth up stripes. You know, hatred is a spiritual force just like love is a spiritual force. Hatred is the very nature of the devil. It's his very nature. It's where he lives. It's who he is. God is love. Satan is hate. That's it. Hatred stirreth up strife. When you get in strife, you're yielding directly to the devil. Satan himself. Look at this. The last part of that verse. But love covereth or prevents all sins. Now, notice it was the multitude in 1 Peter. Now, go up to verse 19 here in Proverbs. I want to show you something about this multitudes. I found out how to prevent the sins. Verse 19, in the multitude of words, there wanted not sin. In the multitude of your words, when you're walking and when you find out what God's love is really all about, you know what you're going to be doing? 
not talking too much. You'll begin to speak the truth in love. Can you see that? Now, in a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. Sin is found. Ecclesiastes 5, 7 says, A fool's voice is known by this multitude of words. As a matter of fact, in a multitude of dreams and words, there's vanity. And those people do not fear God. You can look that up for yourself. As a matter of fact, read Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 7. It'll open up your eyes to a lot of things. But the love of God prevents the multitude of sins because when you're operating in the love of God, you're not going to be speaking evil about your brother or about your sister. You're not going to be blessing God and cursing men. And when you begin to see how God has given of Himself to you, and when you love your brother in the same manner, you will not be speaking words of evil or any kind of words against your brother, but that which is good to edify. So you can minister grace to him. Above all things, love, the first aspect of love is forgiveness. God loved you so much that he did what? He gave Jesus to forgive you of your sin while you were still a sinner. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 says, God commanded or introduced that love to us while we were yet sinners. Jesus died for us. And he was sent for us. Now, if you're going to walk in the love of God, you're going to learn, have to learn how to control your tongue and control your actions. Now, remember, we get back to that principle of the sower. We're talking about what you're putting into your heart and what's coming out of your heart. It's that which comes out of, your, out of the heart, out of the mouth that defileth the man, isn't it? Okay, now, the love walk basically is from what we say, what comes up out of our heart, and the way we act towards one another. The way we speak towards one another, and the way we act towards one another. And if we'll get this deep in our hearts, I'll tell you what, you'll begin to walk and talk just like your Heavenly Father God. And that's why faith works by love. Because when you walk in that love... Faith is motivated, and the motivation you have behind your faith would be the love of God because you love that brother. The words you're going to speak about him are faith-filled words. When you speak the negative, you're motivated by hatred and you're motivated by fear. Perfect love casts out all what? Where faith is, there's no fear. Where fear is, there is no faith. If you're operating in love, there is no fear. That means faith can work. Right? Okay. Now, let's put this all together. In Ephesians 5.1, we're told to do what? Ephesians 5.1 and 2, look at it. I'm going to give you three scriptures. I'm going to let you look them up for yourself. Ephesians 5.1 tells us to be imitators, mimic, to copy, or to act as our Father acts, to copy the actions or to copy the words of our Father. We are to copy our Father. You know, some people think we're just to copy the things that Jesus did or the things that, you know, Jesus was doing when He's here on the earth. But He's talking about, first of all, copying your Father's words. Think about that for a minute. We teach our children how to talk. What do they do? They, they mimic us. They copy what we say. Daddy. They go off and, and they try to say Daddy, so on and so forth. You teach them the language. Now, the Father is saying to us, we have got to copy Him by speaking the Word, keeping the Word, His Word in our mouths, and acting like He acts. If He did not show us how He acts, then we have no basis for the love of God. We have no foundation to live our life in love. But He said here to walk in love. Look at first verse. Be therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children, 
and walk in love. Now note this, walk in love. Write these three scriptures down. Romans 6, 4 says, we are to walk in the newness of life. We're to walk in life. 1 John 1, 7 says, we are to walk in light. Light. And this scripture says to walk in, Ephesians 5, 2 says to walk in what? Love. Okay, now let's say this. God is life. God is light. God is love. Okay, what are the scriptures revealing to us? We have, the, we have within us the capacity to walk in the very nature of God Himself. We are told to walk in Zoe life. We are told to walk in agape love. We are told to walk in light. And God is all three of them. Now I want to tell you something here. If that is not saying that you and I, in the new creation, were lifted up to a plane on, on equality, let's put it that way, equal with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I don't know what it's saying. These scriptures are revealing to us that you and I as born-again believers have the ability and the capacity in the human spirit to actually walk as if God himself was walking on the earth. That's what these three scriptures, and you could tie into that First 1 John 4, 17, which says, as he is, so are we in this world. Look it up for yourself. We are actually told to walk in life, light, and love, and God is all three of them things. We are told to walk in the person of God. I don't know how I could put it any plainer than that. We are told to walk in the very person of God. When you start looking inside your mirror when you go home, you look inside that mirror and say, You. You are life. God is life. You are love. God is love. You are light. God is light. You are walking in the very image of who? You know, some people got kicked out of their churches for preaching like this. But it's the time somebody stood up and just spoke it out and said what God's saying. How can you take them scriptures and read anything less than that? How can you take Romans over there in the 8th chapter when it says that we are equal heirs, joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ? Heirs of God, joint heirs with the Son. How can you take away Ephesians, the, fifth, uh, the second chapter, verse 6, when he says he's raised us up and we sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? We are God's righteousness. We are spotless and blameless before him. Now, if God told us to walk in this love, I have got to understand every action Every word of love, I got to understand exactly what moved God. I got to understand God the Father, everything about God the Father. I've got to know it. I've got to understand it. I have got to copy it. If there is nothing in the Word of God that shows me what His characteristics are, then how in the world am I to copy? How could my son or daughter copy me if I don't give her anything to copy? How could she copy what I wrote down if she doesn't have it? Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to tell you what, this is a commandment. This is nothing to fool around with. This is a direct command. This is the 11th commandment. 
in which all other ten are fulfilled. This is love. Paul described it to this church and he's told them exactly what it was and he says, Now you better purpose in your heart to walk in this love. If you do not, you are breaking the only commandment of the new covenant. Let's just put it this way. Let's make a confession of our faith together. Love is God. God is love. We are born of love. We are born of God. We are to walk in God's love, which is a commandment we must obey. Okay, that's it. There is no, you, there's no turning back from that commandment. You have no choice. I'm not saying that you know, if you want to. You have no choice. You know what kind of choice you have to walk in God's love? I'll give you the example. When you go to a sinner and, says, and say to him, you have a choice, life or death. Hell or heaven. You have a choice. What kind of choice is that? Anybody here want to make the other choice? I don't. I have no choice but to go to heaven. Well, he gives us the choice. You could walk in my love. It's the commandment. Now, I want to walk in that love. If you don't walk in that love, I'd say you're choosing the wrong thing to do. Amen. You don't have a choice. It's a commandment. You are to walk in the very love of God. But he says you're walking in my very presence. Now, let's go up here. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. You follow me along there in the King James Version. Love endures long. Let's, let's start from there. First of all, love endures long. Now, it's patient and it's kind. This is giving you a description of agape or divine love. This is giving you, first of all, God's attitude towards us. God is absolute love, and this is, if this is describing love, this is describing God. Okay, if this is describing God, God first loved us, so that love is still in existence for you and for me today. Isn't that right? This is how God is pouring out His love towards you and me. He is, first of all, He endures long. His mercy endures forever. He's patient and kind. In other words, God does not change. I think that's the best way we could say that. He is unchangeable no matter what the circumstance might be. You think that when you got off in the area of sin that God changed and now He doesn't love you. Or you did this and now he's, His big hand is up there. He's ready to do something against you or to do, do something to show you that you were wrong. Forget it. I don't care how many times you've missed it. God loves you still. And it's the love of God is being poured out to you and it'll never change that love. Never will it change. No matter what you've done, that love towards you will never change. You changed. Not God. He's not moved by circumstances. He endureth forever. He's unchangeable. He's unmovable. But listen, he's patient and kind. In other words, while he is being unchangeable in the circumstances that surround him, He's unchangeable, he is patient, and he is kind. Patient just means stable. He has stability. Being constantly constant. He'll never change. 
It's all the same thing. He endures long, he's patient, he's kind. Okay, in your life, if you want to start from this very first point right here to operate in the divine love of God, when somebody does you wrong, you are to endure it, you are to be patient or stable or constant in it, and you are to be kind while you're doing it. Kind while you're doing it. You don't walk off and just say, well, did you know what so-and-so did to me? Well, when, you're done, when you did that, you got out of love. I want to, you talk about narrow. You talk about straight and narrow. I want to show you. We're going to talk about a straight and narrow tonight. You probably won't talk to anybody for a week. Straight and narrow. I mean that, sincerely. Straight and narrow. You'll not get off. The, if you purpose to walk in love, you, you'll purpose in your heart not to get off this straight and narrow. Okay. When somebody does you wrong, your feelings want to retaliate. When somebody does you wrong or does you harm or when the circumstances around your life change, we're talking about faith-filled words. We come here, we're edified, go and be to God. We can move mountains. We walk out the door, get halfway down the street, somebody pulls out in front of you and before you know it, look out. What happened? You changed. But did you see what he did to me? Love endures long, patient and kind. You know what I got used to? You know, this is an act of faith. Faith works by love, but it's also faith is what... Makes our love, or, or let's see, faith is what gets us to walk in that love. Okay? Because everything, faith brought the love in the first place because for by grace are you saved through what? So when you got saved, what happened? The love of God was shed abroad in your heart. So it was faith initially that brought that love into your heart. And it's faith, it's an act of faith to walk in love. For every walk of the believer is by For we walk in the faith. Okay, so then when that guy pulls out in front of you, you're supposed to say, Glory, 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 hallelujah. That's what you're supposed to say. Even though your skin is crawling, hallelujah. That's what you're supposed to do. That's faith. Well, what do you do when you get symptoms of sickness or disease? You go, I'll not accept that in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Okay, so when that guy pulls out in front of you, or well, I'm just giving you an example, when somebody does you wrong and the circumstances around you change, you're supposed to say, Hallelujah, glory to God, I do not change. See, I'm happy, I'm joyful, I'm walking in the love of God. When we get into joy, look out. Because that's, that, these are spiritual forces now. That When you activate these spiritual forces, you're going to have a ball with this thing. I mean to tell you, you're going to enjoy walking in the love of God. You, you'll just go around from place to place. When something goes wrong, the first reaction you'll have is this. Oh, glory to God, I can do good to show, to show how to overcome evil with good. That's what you'll do. I tell the people all the time, you're in a great position to show the love of God if somebody's doing you harm or wrong. If they're doing you harm or wrong, rejoice and be glad and say, glory, I could overcome evil with good. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Don't talk about them. And we said the love of God, when it does good or when it gives out, it does not parade itself, but what does it do? It hides itself. It does the good and tells nobody about it. Okay, these are the char characteristics of your Heavenly Father God. Now, that love endures long, it's patient, it's kind, it's never envious. The love of God is never envious, or does it boil over with jealousy? Natural human love is envious. There are so many Christians that are envious because somebody else got their prayer answered. Who does he think he is? I've been believing God for my 
children all for 20 years and 99 have seen him ill but once or twice and he talks about walking in divine health. Who does he think he is? Or this dear brother received something from God and, and they told about it and, and instead of getting happy they said, Oh, that's right. I'll tell you what, I've had more people get upset because you got something from God. That's right, they get upset. Christians, fellow Christians. You know what I do when I hear somebody got something from God? I jump up and down and say, Glory to God, that's my father did that. He'll do it for me too. If I just ask him. That's not being selfish. Well, I mean, how many of you got more than one kid? You got a couple kids out there? Right? I wouldn't do uh, for one of mine that I wouldn't do for all three. Right? So praise God. If he did it for you, that means that I found out something about my father. Hallelujah. He supplies my needs, see? I find out he heals our body. And that's why somebody says, well, it was God's will to heal you, but it wasn't God's will to heal me. I said, well, don't we have the same Father? See, evidently, we do because they're born again, but we do not because they don't know their Father. See, John says, you know it not God. If you don't dwell in love, you don't know God. You may be born of God, but you don't know your Father God. You know, that's what's wrong with the Christian world today. They do not know him as Father, and they do not know him as love. If they did, boy, they'd be shouting, saying, Glory to God, that's our Heavenly Father. And if He did it for you, I know He wants to do it for me. And you get right in on the line, see? Just, just step right in line. Just say, Praise God, Father, I'm coming. But they're saying, I'm waiting for some divine revelation. Keep waiting. Somebody tells me, I'll, you can wait all you want. What are they tell me? I'm just going to go get it. I told the one brother, I said, I'm like a sponge. Just soak it right up. Find something new. I just soak it right up. I'm not envious of who said it. When I was, I know Brother John, I'll tell you right here, when we was at school, they said, don't you go off and say that Rodney Lloyd taught this lesson? Or don't you go off and say Kenneth Hagin preached this lesson? I don't care. Who preached the lesson? It came from God. And if it's from the Bible, then praise God, I'm going to preach the same thing. And I'm going to say that I preached it. If it's God's Word. They just preached what Jesus said, didn't they? Isn't that right? What's the difference? Who preaches it? Okay, it's never envious. It doesn't boil over jealousy. Envy is not from the kingdom of love. If you find yourself with a feeling like, oh, look what they got and I didn't get it, or if you find, you know, you get that feeling. It's a feeling, and that's why we don't walk by feelings. If you feel that way, you know what you do? You speak to that. Go to, hold your place there. Go to James 3, and we'll tell you what to, what to say to it. Hey, this is, our, this is our protection. This is how we get on the devil's case. How? With the Word. Right? We're not going to just stand around and just, you know, look around and say, what are you doing? It's, you're not going to get healed because of what you're not doing. Some people think they're going to get healed because they didn't go to the doctor. Just standing around, not going. What are you doing? I'm not going to the doctor. Why? I don't, I, bless God, I'm just not going. Why? I'm just not going. I heard that the Bible says we're healed, so I'm just not going. What are you doing about it? Just not going. And they think they're going to get healed because they don't go to the doctor. That's wrong. It's what you do, not what you don't do. What are you doing? Buy stripes and heal. Aren't you going to the doctor? Don't have to. Buy stripes and heal. You see, it's the opposite effect. We've had it on the wrong end. You build up that spirit man to where you know that you know that you know that you know that you're definitely healed. And your answer will be this, I don't have to go, because I know that I'm healed. 
So get that in your thought life. It's not what you don't do, it's what you do that gets the results. Same thing with walking in love. Now in um, <clears throat> James, over there in the third chapter, let's just start over here with verse somewhere around 13. And let's, let's mark this off. And you can mark it off as part, this is the wisdom of God, but you can put it in there because I think everything that comes from God is found in His love because God is love. Right? Okay. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or lifestyle his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the what? What's the truth? Okay, God is love, and there is, God is not envious nor boils over with jealousy. And if you have that in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth, which is the word of God. Listen to those three categories. Earthly, it's of the earth. It's in the curse. Sensual, it's of the five physical senses. It's not always the devil. Number one, it's here and you live here, okay? Number two, it's of your senses. Your senses have been taught to be envious. It's not always a spirit. And there is a spirit behind envy. So it could be either one, either one of the three. If this were not true, why does it just say it's of the devil? Because it, it's, 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 all the root of it came from the devil, but it's in three different forms. It could be of the earth just because you're living here. Some will say, is it, a, is it an actual demon that attacks you with sickness? Not necessarily. Sickness and disease is in the earth, right? Because of the curse. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. But we try to pinpoint it down to one certain thing. It doesn't have to be one certain thing. And it's the same thing here. That envy could come from these three sources. And if it's your flesh wanting to be envious of that other person, you speak to that person and say, That's of the earth, sensual, devilish. I'll have no part of it in Jesus' name. Be gone. I will not envy. And you'll be walking back in the love of God. Now, let's, well, let's read the rest of it. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work, but the wisdom of that is from above is pure, first pure, peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Can you imagine acting like that towards one another? Can you imagine that? I don't got time to get through all this. We want to get through the love chapter. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Let's go back there. You read that study for yourself. First Corinthians 13. Okay. It endures long, it's patient and kind. Verses 4 through 8. It's never envious. It doesn't bull over jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. That's in the area of pride. You know, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I like to say this. I want you to, to realize some of these things. These things are real. When you find out yourself saying, the first time you see somebody, you know what I did? You know what I did? I did this or I did that or I prayed for this and I did that and I did this and I did that. Stop right there. It may be true, and you may want to give a testimony. But I'd rather switch it around if you can, and maybe don't talk so much about I, 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 but say, you know, God blessed me. God showed his love towards me by doing such and such and such and such. We're so apt to put I in the picture. I, selfishness, it's pride. We always want to say, oh, look what I did, or I prayed and somebody got it, or I did this and that happened, or I did... That's boastful. That's being proud, even of the things of God. 
And I think we should be aware of the subtlety of the devil. He tries to sneak these things in on us to get us to walk out of the love realm. The love of God is a straight and narrow way that he's talking about. It's walking on in that love only. It's not deviating from the truth that's found in the love of God. That's pride. It doesn't do that. It's not boastful. It's not vainglorious. It doesn't display itself heartily. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmanly. It doesn't act unbecomingly. Look at the next part. Love. God's love in us does not allow us to insist on our own rights. The King James says it's not self-seeking. It does not allow us to insist on our own rights or ways, for it's not self-seeking. Or it seeketh not our own, I think it says in the King James. Okay, it's not self-seeking. Love is not concerned about self. It doesn't care what someone didn't do for you. Are you hearing me? It doesn't care what somebody did not do for you. It doesn't matter. And here's a, the place we have. The husband and wife relationship, in many cases, is destroyed. And there's no communication. There's lack of prayers being answered because of this specific point. Each individual is seeking out their own. What could the other do for me or what vice versa? No matter what it is, the husband for the wife or the wife for the husband. The, per, the one person always says, I go to work every day. I do this. I do that. I do this. And I should get something when I get home. But the wife's at home. She says, I've cleaned the house. I've done this. I've watched the kids. I've done that. I've done all this work at home. And I want some attention to me. And both are really justified in what they're saying. But listen to me. We have got to rise ourselves up, raise ourselves up to a place, a higher plane of living, where we could get a beyond this fact of I want this for me or I need that for me. It's selfishness. If we could get ourselves to a place when I get home, I don't care how hard my day was, honey, what can I do for you? And vice versa, honey, what can I do for you? When we could get beyond the area of selfishness, you are going to get into a place. Someone says, well, it's all, I'm, I'm the only one that's doing it. So what? The Bible says if you don't faint, you're going to reap. If you're the one that's showing this love style, living by the love style of God, God's love style, if you're walking in this love and living and dwelling in the love of God, God is living and dwelling and manifesting Himself through you. And when you get to the point that God is so saturated inside your spirit and it's outflowing from your spirit soul to your body, then those that are around you won't even be able to stand up in your presence. But this is what's kept the church down here is that they were so selfish. I didn't get this. I didn't do that. Somebody took my seat in the pew. I'm going home. You think that? You think I'm kidding you? I'm not kidding you. They talk like that. Amen. And if we will not, you know, get ourselves out of this selfishness state, this whole chapter, I'll show you what, when I got done with it, I said, at the bottom of it, I made my little note. In other words, I'm dead. I'm dead to myself. That's right. I've crucified flesh. In other words, I'm just walking around not living on the outside. You can kick me in the shins, dead man doesn't hurt. You can call me a name, dead man doesn't hear. You could mock me, you could laugh at me, you could spit on me. I'll tell you what, friends, if you think I'm kidding you, 
You try to stand here and let somebody pluck out your beard. You stand there and you get 39 lashes upon your back with a cat of nine tail. You stand there and let them spit in your face and smack you across the face and put a crown of thorns upon your head and laugh and mock and bother you and you just stand there and open if not your mouth. You are dead to the senses. I don't know too many people that will take all that. But yet he openeth not his mouth. The same love wherewith the Father loved you and me. Jesus says, I loved you. He copied, he imitated, he mimicked his Father God. In other words, you, yes, it's going to be a fight. Listen to me. It's going to be a fight, the good fight of faith. You are going to have to, with every ounce of what spiritual growth you have inside you, when, because the devil is going to put some old somebody, somebody in your way to make sure that you get all the cars that drive in front of other people. You're going to get all the people in the stores that want to cut in front of you. You're going to get all the waitresses and the waiters that wait on everybody else but you when you're next in line. You're going to get all that. And the devil will see to it. But when he does, you say, devil, you meant it for, for you know, my destruction, but I'm going to show it for good. Hallelujah. I'm just going to praise the Lord while I wait in line. Glory to God. Bless that waitress. Glory to God. And start witnessing to her. But listen to me. <laughs> This is the love of God. It does not seek its own. It doesn't do it. But that'll put you in a category right there, friends, when you do not seek your own. It doesn't insist on its own rights or own ways. Now, that's not talking about in the kingdom of God. You've got to insist to the devil. But we're talking about us showing love towards another. I will put myself in the background and I will walk in that perfect love. It seems like you're being trampled on. But you know what? When just when they get the first step on side you and they're just ready to crush your head, you know what happens? The divine love of God flows out of you and they can't harm you or touch you. They fall under the power like they did in front of Jesus when they tried to stone him and throw him off the brow of the hill. When he came out of the Garden of Gethsemane, so power-packed with that love of God, that divine life of God flowing from him so abundantly. Can you see that? This is what we're talking about. But listen to me. How many men will take that? How many ladies will take this kind of life? But it's me. You want to get your house in order, I'll tell you what right now. You start purposing in your heart, ladies and gentlemen. I am going to walk in the love of God towards my husband, towards my wife, towards my children, towards my family. We won't speak a cross word to each other. We are going to walk in this. And I'll tell you what, instant forgiveness keeps you in the divine love of God. If you make that mistake, don't harbor that thing. You just get on your knees right where you're at and just grab your wife's hand and say, Glory to God, Father, we repent in Jesus' name. We, I know you forgive me right now. We're just going to go on. We won't do it again. We purpose in our hearts not to do it again. And in Jesus' name, I know, we, you know we're forgiven. You're back in God's love. And move on. Move on. You don't have to be out of God's love, but for a second, if you are, the Bible says temptations, tribulations, persecutions, afflictions, heights, depths, principalities, powers, it doesn't matter what it is, cannot separate you from what? Can't do it. Can't separate you. But if you walk in that anger, envy, strife, division, if you walk in that, you have separated yourself until you get out of that thing from the love of God. Can you see that? Now, that love, let's go back there. To the, I want to get deep into this thing. Let's go on. Let's see. It, 
pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice and arises, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Don't ever start laughing because somebody did it wrong. Forget that. Sometimes we have a tendency to laugh and to say some things, but listen, this love does not rejoice at injustice. Really, I think it's what it's getting to. It's getting to an area of holiness to where you see sin as God sees sin. I mean that, friends. When you see, you know you're, you're really perfecting holiness in your life in the fear of God. When you see sin as God sees sin. This is not saying that God enjoys sin or even likes it. He hates sin. He does not like sin at all. And when you start to see that, you know what you're going to do? You will hate, despise sin so bad you won't want to be near it. You'll get so holy in the love of God that you will not want to be near sin. You will shut your mouth before you even speak a word against somebody. Something on the inside will rise up on the inside of you and you won't speak a word. You judge yourself. If it's not edifying, if it does not minister grace to who you're talking to or about, don't speak it. Or you'll be out of the love of God. We're to speak the truth in love and to grow up in Him in all things. You say, what's, but it's true. Well, what's ultimate truth is the Word of God. If I speak the Word of God about my brother and sister, then that's ultimate truth. I see every one of you here is perfect. Glory to God. Amen? And that's how I have to see. Okay, verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Bears up under anything and everything that comes. That is saying to me that when, you, when I hear somebody say, I just can't take it anymore. Love can. You're saying, I do not know how the love of God works is what you're saying. When you say, I can't bear, I just can't bear this any longer. What you're saying is, I don't understand God's love. Because love bears all anything and everything that comes and the devil will throw anything and everything at you. Right? But it bears up under anything and everything that comes. Look at the next part. It's ever ready to believe the best about every person. It's quick to believe the best about every person. Its hopes are fearless under every circumstance of life. That means put it, it puts an end to all gossip. When it believes the best about everybody. Its hopes are fadeless, fadeless under every circumstance of life. In other words, that hope in every circumstance will not fade away from you. The hope. Faith is the substance of what? The things you hope for. Well, this love, just as the scripture says here, is every circumstance of life, every circumstance that comes your way, love, its hopes are fadeless under all of them, no matter what they are. If it comes your way, that hope is still there. It does not fade away. It does not disappear. You always got that hope before your eyes. And Jesus, with all the circumstances, did not move for the hope that was set before him, the cross, the glory, through that cross right on the glory. All the circumstances that came against his life, he was not moved because the hope that he had was faithless under every circumstance of life. It wasn't subject to being erased from his mind. It couldn't be. And when you're walking in this divine love of God, there are some people that actually do not see themselves. There are born again, spirit-filled Christians. Listen when I say this, please. Born again, spirit-filled Christians that I have talked to and said, ah, I'm never going to make it. I'm living for the devil. They lost their hope. That's right. Well, if I die right now, they said I'd go to hell. That's what they told me. What's, what happened? They don't know the love of God. 
Nobody taught them. Your, your, the compassion rises up in your heart when I hear people talk like that. They don't know the love that God the Father has for them. They don't understand. When I hear somebody saying, well, I've got cancer. It looks like I'm going to die. Dear God, you don't know how much God loves you. He loves you. Don't let your hope go out the window because some doctor told you that. God the Father loves you with endless love that will heal your body. He loves you. And that hope has got to be there. So love, the hopes of love are fadeless under every circumstance of life. As long as you know that love is before you, your hope stays there. And faith will bring and give substance to that hope. Amen? Now listen. It endures everything without weakening. It endures what? Everything. Without weakening. It never weakens. Love never fails. The love will never fail. It'll never fail. Now you put I in there where love is. First put God in there. God endures long. God's patient and kind. God believes the best about me. You know how many times I've heard people say, God's just disgusted with me. You know what I say? God believes the best about me. He's ever ready to be the best about me. Say that. God is ever ready to be the best about me. My father believes the best about me. He takes no account of the evil done. He pays no attention to the wrong. He believes the best about me. That should lift you up in another category of life. Your father believes only the best about you. Get your, when you do wrong, get it out. In Jesus' name, put it in the sea of forgetfulness and say, Glory to God, my father believes the best about me. He's not looking at your flesh. Glory be to God. He's looking at the Spirit. He looks on the heart of man. What's in here? When you make that mistake, confess it. Purpose in your heart not to do it again. And move on with God. Get it out of your life. He believes the best about you. But people will sit back there and say, Well, God doesn't, you know, he, he, He's upset with me and I just displease Him and I don't do this and I don't do that. And how could He put up with me and how could He do that? Glory be to God, you're in Jesus Christ. You're in His Son. You are one with Him. God's love is in you. God's living His life big through you. God sees the best about you and believes the best about you. And that's how He is. Now, you ready? Therefore, Paul said, The love of Christ constraineth me. And I only see men after the Spirit, not after the flesh. I henceforth know no man after the flesh, after the Spirit only. I see the best about you. Because when I look at you in the inward man, I see Christ. I see you washed by the blood, covered by the blood of Jesus. I see the blood of Emmanuel flowing through your veins. I see the love of God being poured out in you. I see you as He is. Because as He is, so are you. So I see you that way. And it's time the church started to talk that way about their brothers and sisters, that we see them that way, period. We've got to make, I'm telling you, friends, we've got to make the quality decision that we are going to see each other as the Word of God says we are. If you're going to wait until you're thoroughly sanctified, you may wait till Jesus comes. But I'm going to see you that way right now. And when you purpose in your heart to operate in this kind of love, look out, friends, your faith is going to work. It is going to start to pull down strongholds. It is going to start to remove mountains and lift uproot trees right in front of your eyes. Why? Because the motivation behind that faith is 
the love of God. And when that compassion, when, when John the Baptist was beheaded, Jesus' only kin that believed in him, everybody else, his family was against him. They didn't want to go where he was. And, but glory be to God when he was beheaded, when his cousin was beheaded. Jesus went up to a desert place, wanted to be by himself. The multitudes thronged him again there. And instead of getting upset, what did Jesus do? He was moved with, which is God. He was moved with his Father. He said, it's the Father in me that did the works. He was moved by the compassion of his Father. <coughs> Excuse me. Can you see that? When evil comes your way, I just stood there in the presence of some people. I was talking. And I heard what they were saying. And as I listen, do this sometimes. Sometimes we have a tendency to carry on a conversation and just communicate. But not listen. And I just stood there and I listened. And you know what happened? We don't go by feelings, okay? We don't go by feelings. And compassion is really not a feeling. It is a spiritual force. But when that spiritual force of God's love and compassion starts to rise up on the inside, there's like a velvety feeling inside your spirit. And it rises up. And something on the... It seemed like my whole stomach was just moving like this back and forth. And it was something inside me just wanted to love them. Moved with compassion. At that point, you become God's channel, God's vessel. To let His... In other words, I could then love you, or God the Father could love you through me. Yes, I am loving you, but God the Father is loving you through me. And if I'm going to love you, friends, I'd rather love you that way. Because I'll tell you what. He could meet your need. I can't. Amen? Are you still happy? You love the Lord? The love of God is in you. Yes. You purpose to walk in that love. I'm going to walk in that love. And I'll tell you what, a whole new plane of living, a whole new realm of spiritual development will be inside, will be flowing out from you. You'll be actually manifesting the very, listen, the very presence of your Father. Love is not a thing. It is a person. You'll be manifesting His very presence. When you're that open to being that channel, when He loves you and you love Him and you set your love upon Him, then you become that open vessel of God's love and compassion to flow through you. Not only to meet your need, but then to meet the need of others. It goes from Him through us to somebody else. And it's nothing more than this. You're caring about the very presence of the Almighty God. Now I know why when I walked up to Brother Hagen and shook his hand and talked to him, he just put up his head that way and kept on talking to his Father God. I mean it. I mean that. He was so into talking to his Father. And this was, this was a fellowship where we were supposed to talk to meet together. And we shook hands. And he just said something. And then I just looked up and he was just praying in the Spirit so beautifully to his Father God. Just total communion with the Father I've heard him say this. The Father is more real to me than my wife, than my car, than my house. So why shouldn't I be talking to him all the time? That's what he said. That's exactly what this walk is all about. 
to get to the place that God the Father becomes so real to you that you know Him even better than you know your own family or than everything else around you. Amen? That's how much He loves you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.